Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Deeper Daily Podcast. It's the sixth day of June. I'm Paul White. Thanks for joining me. We are, it's Tuesday, and we will be having our meeting in Flowery Branch, Georgia, this evening with our friends. Uh, We've been meeting together now, going on five years, walking through different books of the Bible, different things. We've done John, we've done 1 John, we've done the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, We've done series on the cross. We've done series on the church. We're currently working our way through the epistle to the Ephesians. And that is available for free at our YouTube page if you like video. Uh, All of it available wherever you're listening to this podcast. We put a new one up on Wednesdays. It's studies in Ephesians. They're numerical. I think this is our 24th that will happen tonight. And we are up into about midway through the fifth chapter. So we're approaching, getting closer and closer to the end of this little journey. Jump in. I know you can't be with us. Most of you couldn't be with us tonight in our meeting. But if you, you're listening to this, which means you could listen to that. And maybe it'll give you a little side study in your own journeys through the Bible, a way to journey through the scriptures with us. It's a kind of long-form DDP, honestly, because what we do here on the DDP is we take passages and we just sort of peel the layers back on them and work our way slowly. What we do in those Bible studies is we do the same thing, but 45 minutes to an hour at a time. Sometimes we're in one passage for two, three weeks. Sometimes we cover a lot of verses. Well, we're doing the similar thing here in Mark chapter 10. Yesterday, we introduced the story of the rich young ruler who said to Jesus in 10.17, Good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? We talked about doing to inherit and the folly of such a statement. Listen to Jesus' response in verse 18. Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. Not sure I brought this out enough yesterday, or at all. There are several different ways to take this story in. And I don't claim to be able to cover them all or to even do all of them justice. But I do want to let you know that as I work through this with you, I will incorporate different ways of seeing this story. Something that's changed in me over the last decade for sure, probably not even that long, honestly, is that I don't, I no longer see stories in the Bible and see only one way to take them. I used to think that what we were out to do is try to get to the truth about a story. And then whenever you'd hear someone say, give their take, you'd jump in and tell what you thought it meant. And now I'm open to hearing other takes on different stories. In fact, I've found that if you'll listen, somebody might see something in a story that you didn't even think was possible to see there. And it doesn't mean it's, it'll be the only way you'll interpret it from then on, but it could inform your own interpretation of that story. I try to allow that to happen so that my understanding of stories are more well-rounded. In fact, Greater Than Jonah that we wrote last year, that book couldn't have existed 10 years ago in my consciousness because I didn't see six or eight ways to see a story. I didn't see that there were multiple layers to the way things could be interpreted. Part of that was that I was a little too much of a literalist, but also because I had this idea that there is written truth. But the truth is there's Jesus. He's the truth and he's multi-layered. How multi-layered is he? Well, verse 18 is a perfect example. Why do you call me good? No one's good but one that is God. So I ask you, the listener, is Jesus good? 
Of course, the answer is yes. You're not getting tricked here. Of course, Jesus is good. He's the embodiment of good. (laughs) He's a good shepherd. He and the Father are one and we serve a good Father. Everything about Jesus is good. So why does Jesus say, no one's good but one, that is God? It doesn't mean he's not good. and I don't even think it means he doesn't consider himself good. But he wants to show the man that no one is good but God. So don't come to me in the natural realm calling me good because what you're calling good is what you've seen out of me. You've seen works. You've seen miracles. You've seen actions and you're calling them good. But that's a mindset problem because by identifying me as good based upon what I do, you're not identifying me as good based upon who I am. And what we, we're so accustomed to this way of thinking that we'll say to our kids, be a good boy while I'm gone. You know, we drop them off somewhere, be good. Not you are good, but be good. <laughs> Go act good. Well, what would that look like? Well, you know, that's all over the map, what that would mean. But we got a pretty good baseline of what would be good. But it's all actions. And I'm not saying that we should say something else to our kids. I'm just showing that it's almost a natural thing for us to consider good a state of action. And so he tries to identify Jesus as good. He's not wrong. Jesus is good. But this young man doesn't have spiritual discernment. He's not seeing Jesus as good because he is one with the Father. He's seeing Jesus as good based on what he's seen Jesus do. So what he has done is he spotted the best of us. He's went, okay, this guy is the best of us. I'm going to go see what he thinks I need to do to have eternal life. Because if anybody knows, it's a guy that lives like that. And can you see that that's what we do today with people? Is we think, if I can see someone who's doing things right, getting things right, I'll go to them for advice. They'll be able to tell me what to do. And that maybe that works in some situations and doesn't in others. But for spiritual sake, for, for the sake of your eternity, it never is going to work to say, well, I'll go do what so-and-so does. They are good. But my judgment of good is based upon their actions. Here, here's an example. When Jesus is baptized in the Jordan... The heavens open here. The, the, he and the crowd, one gospel says he hears it. Another gospel says the crowd hears it. It's because both are true at the same time. But he and the crowd hear a voice from heaven that says, This is my beloved son whom I am well pleased. But Jesus hasn't done anything. He hasn't healed anyone. He hasn't walked on the water. He hasn't fed the hungry. He hasn't raised the dead. And yet God says, This is my beloved son whom I am well pleased. Because the well-pleasing, God puts this out there in the beginning of the ministry of Jesus to show us that the well-pleasingness of Jesus is not based on what he does, but who he is. So we are not good based on what we do, but good based upon who we are. Who are we? We are the righteousness of God in Christ. That's good. So when Jesus says, Why do you call me good? No one's good but one that is God. Jesus is showing the man, don't judge goodness based on works. By the way, the guy's going to miss it because he's going to defend himself on works. And we'll get into that list of works starting tomorrow. Have a great day. God bless.